0: Welcome to More Than Medicine, where Jesus is more than enough for the ills that plague our culture and our country. Hosted by author and physician, Dr. Robert Jackson. Papa, can you tell me a story? Do you really want me to tell you a story? (laughs) Well, you go get your brother and your sisters, and I will tell you a story. Well, gather round for devotions with Dr. Papa. Today's story involves the kindness of King David, which is found in 2 Samuel chapter 9. If you remember, King David had a very close relationship with Saul's son, Jonathan. King Saul and Jonathan were killed in battle, and David became the king over Judah, and then eventually over the entire nation of Israel. In chapter 9 of Second Samuel, David said, Is there yet any one left of the house of Saul, that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake. Now there was a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Ziba. And they called him to David, and the king said to him, Are you Ziba? And he said, I am your servant. The king said, Is there not yet any one of the house of Saul to whom I may show the kindness of God? And Ziba said to the king, There is still a son of Jonathan who is crippled in both feet. So the king said to him, Where is he? And Zeba said to the king, Behold, he is in the house of Machir, the son of Amiel in Lodibar. Then king David sent and brought him from the house of Machir, the son of Amiel, from Lodibar. Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David and fell on his face and prostrated himself. And David said, Mephibosheth. And he said, Here is your servant. David said to him, Do not fear, for I will surely show kindness to you for the sake of your father Jonathan and will restore to you all the land of your grandfather Saul, and you shall eat at my table regularly. Again he prostrated himself and said, What is your servant that you should regard a dead dog like me? Then the king called Saul's servant Ziba and said to him, All that belonged to Saul and to all his household I have given to your master's grandson. You and your sons and your servants shall cultivate the land for him, and you shall bring in the produce so that your master's grandson may have food. Nevertheless, Mephibosheth, your master's grandson, shall eat at my table regularly. So this is an amazing story of the kindness of King David. Now, let me ask you a question. Who else in the Bible do you know was crippled by a fall? You see, Mephibosheth was crippled when the household of Saul was when it was understood that Saul had died in battle and that King David was now the king of the land. Everyone fled from the house of Saul. And when they were doing so, this young child, Mephibosheth, was injured. We don't know exactly what happened to him. Did a donkey cart run over his feet? Was his spine injured in the fall so that both of his feet were paralyzed? We don't really know. But we do know that he was crippled in both feet. He was lame. Now, in their culture, people who were crippled and could not work were despised and rejected. And so here was this grown man, Mephibosheth, unable to care for himself, unable to work, despised and rejected. The other thing you need to understand about that culture was that whenever a king assumed the throne, the tradition was that they would execute everyone in the former king's household to eliminate any threat to their throne. So Mephibosheth was in hiding. He was a fugitive. He was the only one left of the household of Saul who might be a threat to King David's throne. So he was in a place called Lodibar. Lodibar meant nothing and nowhere. And this crippled man lived in a place called nowhere. And he was a man who was crippled and he amounted to nothing. And then out of the goodness of his heart, for the sake of Jonathan, his very good friend, David said, Is there not some one from the house of Saul to whom I may show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Because of his great love for Jonathan, and because he had made a covenant with Jonathan that he would not bring harm to any one of his household when he became king. Well, they brought in Ziba. And Ziba said, yes, there is one who remains. His name is Mephibosheth, but he is crippled by an injury, by a fall. So let me ask you again, who do you know in the Bible who is also crippled by a fall? Well, you know the answer to that. It was Adam. Adam lived in the garden. He had a perfect relationship with the heavenly father. He had a responsibility to cultivate the garden, but when he chose rebellion against God, when he chose to disobey God, when he chose sin, he fell from grace, and he was crippled by that fall from grace, and by extension, you and I have also fallen from grace. The Bible says that in Adam, all have sinned, And you and I have inherited from Adam our sin nature. And what's the consequence for all of us when Adam was crippled by that fall? Well, you know we've discussed this previously. You and I are spiritually dead. We're born physically alive, but we're born spiritually dead in our trespasses and sins. We're also born bound. Spiritually bound, we're enslaved by our sins. Jesus says that the man who sins is a slave to sin. We're also born spiritually bound, blind. We're darkened in our understanding, and we're also enemies of God. Yet God, like David, extended grace and kindness to his enemies. You see, we are enemies of God. And in Romans five eight, the Bible tells us that God demonstrated His love toward us and that while we were sinners, while we were enemies of God, rebels against God, Christ died for us. Just like David extended grace to Mephibosheth, God extended grace and kindness to those of us who were enemies of God. Yet God, like David, offered lavish provisions to you and me, just like he did to Mephibosheth. In Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3, the Bible says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. You see, David showed kindness to Mephibosheth, and he offered him lavish provisions where he would sit at the king's table. And God has extended the same lavish provisions for you and me, where he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. And then God, like David, who treated Mephibosheth as one of his own sons, and he has adopted us into the family of God. We're no longer orphans. And the Bible says that David treated Mephibosheth as one of his own sons and allowed him to eat at his own table regularly. Well, in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 5, the Bible says that God predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to Himself according to the kind intention of his will. In the same way that King David adopted Mephibosheth into his family and allowed him to eat regularly at his table, God has adopted you and me into his family, adopted us as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intention of his will. And then God, like David, who gave Mephibosheth an inheritance of his grandfather Saul's property. In verse 11 and 12 in Ephesians chapter 1, the Bible says that also we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to his purpose, who works all things after the counsel of his will, to the end that we who were the first to hope in Christ would be to the praise of him. His glory. You see, we also have an inheritance. Just like Mephibosheth had an inheritance of his grandfather's property, God has given you and me an inheritance as well. Now, let me ask you a question. Why would God do all of this? Well, Ephesians one six tells us why. It's to the praise of the glory of His grace, which He freely bestowed on us in the Beloved. Why would God do this? It's for the praise of the glory of His grace. To the praise of the glory of His great name. Now, like Mephibosheth, we have been restored to the good grace of the true king. Blessed with heavenly provisions and given a seat at the king's table forever. Why would he do this? Is it because of your goodness? Is it because of your greatness? Oh, no, dear listener. It's because in Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace. Now, go back to our chapter 9 in Second Samuel in verse 7, and it tells us further why King David would do this. He told Mephibosheth, Don't be afraid, for I will surely show kindness to you for the sake of your father, Jonathan. You see, David showed this kindness to Mephibosheth because of his relationship with his father, Jonathan. He did it for Jonathan's sake. And I want you to understand that God has done this for you and me not because of any deed of righteousness that you and I might have done, but because of His great mercy. Please understand that. God has showed you and me this kindness, not because of any deed of righteousness that we might have done, but because of His great mercy. And also because of Christ's sake. King David did this for Jonathan's sake. Our Heavenly Father has done this for Jesus' sake. King David loved Jonathan. Our Heavenly Father has loved his son, Jesus. And he's doing this for you and me because of his great love for his only begotten Son. Now, let me ask you another question. Why is this story in the middle of this Whole story about Second Samuel and David ascending to the throne and the triumph of David over all of his enemies, and then right there in the middle of all this, there's this story about Mephibosheth. Do you ever wondered why? Why is this little story there? Why is this little anecdote parked right in the middle of all of this? Where David's triumphs are being talked about, his victories in battle, his ascension to the throne, overcoming all of his enemies, it's there because it's a picture. The whole story is a picture of Jesus. It's a picture of God's mercy and His grace. It's a type of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a portrayal of His grace and His mercy. I've told you before, whenever you see something in the Old Testament that you don't understand, just put Jesus in the middle of it, and it'll come alive. Thank you for listening to this edition of More Than Medicine. For more information about the Jackson Family Ministry, Dr. Jackson's books, or to schedule a speaking engagement, go to their Facebook page, Instagram, or their webpage at jacksonfamilyministry.com. This podcast is produced by Bob Sloan Audio Productions at bobsloan.com.